Hello and welcome to this first episode of The Story Fits, exclusively on WSFI-FM 88.5 on your dial, streamed online at WSFICatholicRadio.org. I'm your host, Mike Fitzgibbons, former head football coach, longtime teacher and campus minister at Carmel Catholic High School in Mundelein. Each episode, we'll be talking about issues of the day with local sports figures, telling lots of stories because the name of this show is The Story Fits. Today, my guest is full of stories, and his name is Zach Ryan, head basketball coach at Carmel Catholic High School in Mundelein, Illinois. Afternoon, Zach. Afternoon, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me on. I don't know if I'm f- full of as many um, stories as you, but um, this is uh, going to be exciting, and thanks for having me on. So you're, uh, how long have I known you, Zach? How long have you been at Carmel? Uh, this is my, I'm starting my sixth year, so five and a half years I've been at Carmel. He's been at Carmel five and a half years, and that is the first time he called me Mike, folks, ever. Uh, he's called me a lot of things. Uh, fits usually, but some other things. But Mike, that was the first time. Uh, Zach, I asked you to be on for specific reasons. First of all, you know, the show, I'd like to like to have local sports figures on and, and talk about uh, some stories that they have specifically related to good news. And and uh, so we won't talk about last night's game, but we're one and one right now, aren't we, Zach? Yeah, that's right. Um, we uh, On Monday, we had a, a real good uh, win against Rockford Boylan, who's a, who's a real good program and, and a good team. And so it was good to get a... Uh, a, a good start after after that night, and then uh, last night we had a rough one. Played really good first half. Uh, we're down by four, and then um, just kind of a combination of missing a lot of shots and the other team making a lot of shots. We, you know, we're playing North Lawndale, who's a, who's a very good team, and um, kind of took one on the chin. So uh, we had a good practice this morning, and we're uh, excited to get back uh, Friday night and and play again. And we play Waukegan Friday night, right? Correct. Another another very good team. So another good t- uh, good test for these guys. Good tournament. We like this tournament because it's uh, real good competition. So we kind of see where we're at right away to start off the season. And Grant is pretty competitive too. And you play them on Saturday. And so let let me get this right though. Going into Friday night, we've played. We've beat the Catholics and we lose to the Publics. Is that what's going? That's as of now. Yeah. <laughs> as of now. Yeah. Rockford Boylan. Well, they they had a great year last year, and they're supposed to be pretty good this year. So congrats on that, and I'm glad you're going to keep that going. What's your background, Zach? How'd you get into coaching? How'd you, why'd you get, why do you want to be a teacher? All that kind of stuff. Where are you from? Yeah, um, you know, as far as, you know, why I chose to teach and coach, I mean, it was pretty simple for me. I was uh, I, I come from a uh, family of teachers and coaches. Uh, my mom's a teacher. Uh, my uh, my uncle's a, a, a teacher and a coach. My grandfather was a college uh, basketball coach and uh, math professor. So, um, you know, just being around them a lot and seeing the the joy they got out of what they did every day um, really, you know, made it easy for me to to make that um, decision. So, I you know, I've had a, a lot of really good you know mentors and and people that have helped me along the way which is, you know, one of the main reasons I chose to do what I do. And, uh, you know, you're not making the most money, you're not getting rich, but at the end of the day, um, one of the things my grandfather always said was uh, he called it psychic income. Um, You know, you're not not getting rich, you know, money-wise, but... You know, when at the end of the day, when you see the people you've you've tried to influence and and um, you know how they how you've affected their lives, 
it, it really makes up for it. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm lucky that, you know, a lot of people, when they're young, they don't really know what they want to go into. I was lucky that I kind of knew right away that uh, that was kind of the path I wanted to take. So, um, you know, where I'm from, I, I, I've kind of, I've grew up in a, you know, I, I've lived in various states. I was born in Wisconsin, and then um, when I was one, we moved out to New York because um, my dad's from out that way. So we moved to New York until I was in uh, third grade. And then um, moved. that was in New York City, wasn't it? New York, yeah, the Bronx. And yeah, and you went to PS what? Uh, PS nineteen. PS nineteen. Yeah, you're one of those people that actually says things like PS nineteen. Okay, then yep. go, then where'd you go from yep. there? Yeah, and then um, uh, third grade, we moved to Minnesota, um, and that's where I basically grew up for most of my life. And then you know went to school in in Wisconsin, UW Eau Claire, and then right out of college came came down here and. And uh, you know, within a year or two, I was I was at Carmel. So, so when you were at uh, Eau Claire, well, when you were in high school, you played option quarterback, didn't you? And then, what what kind of what guard did you play? I'm guessing you were a guard in the basketball team. I- yeah, um, I, I yeah, I was a <laughs> I played uh, yeah, I played quarterback, uh, and uh, you know, we ran a little bit of option, and then um, you know, was a was a point guard, you know, shooting guard, and. Uh, in uh, basketball and was lucky enough to play on some really good teams in basketball some really good players uh we actually made the state tournament all f- you know for the years i was there um and uh, and it was like eight straight so I, I was lucky to have a really good high school experience um athletically and you know socially and academically which which really helped me when you know help me with my future and everything I've done so far. Well, I'm sure all the players that are in our audience, all the basketball players, even your own players that might be in our audience, love to hear a point guard say the words, I was a point guard shooting guard. Because isn't that really, isn't that really what a point, does anybody ever really not say they're a shooting guard? Well, it's obvious your basketball knowledge is is, is pretty limited. So, um, you know, Typically, what it is, you know, a, a point guard is considered a one, and a, and a shooting guard is considered a two. But a lot of times, you know, you, you can do a little bit of both. So you can be a point guard, but but be able to be a guy that can shoot and make shots, and um, you know, be interchangeable. As as I kind of like to, you know, talk to our guys about. We don't want to label you as a position. We want to label you as a basketball player. So doing, uh, you know, doing a little bit of a little bit of both. What's your uh, what are your predictions for this year? You're one and one right now. Uh, you've seen the good the good parts. You've seen the bad parts probably in two two nights. So what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, how are we going to do this? It, year? It, it's it's you know I, I always try to stay away from you know win amounts and and you know you know end goals and stuff like that with the guys. We, we we're very optimistic. We're even the, you know even after last night we thought that that was kind of a hiccup like a, a small fraction of what we've done so far. Um, so, so we think we can win a lot of basketball games if, if um, you know, we play like we we are capable of playing. We have more than enough talent, and uh, we got a good bunch of guys that really like each other and, and believe in what we're doing. So, um, we're excited. I mean, it's just we, you got to get some more game time in, and and um, you know, we'll kind of see. I think in the next two weeks or so, leading into Christmas, where we're where we're at. So. Let's talk about running a program and a and a team, Zach. You know the word team. So how do you how do you build team? What when you were building this team and you've built teams in the past? This isn't your first year as a head coach. So when you're building team, what what's the way you want to go about doing that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's the biggest thing. A lot, you know, and I was guilty of this as as many I think young coaches are. You think, you know, being a head basketball coach is is you know showing up and and coaching two hours of basketball and and you know worrying about X's and O's and stuff like that. There's really just so much more that uh, that goes into it. And you know, when you're when you're trying to build a culture of 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 good people and and good guys. You know, the biggest thing we, we try to talk about is team. And, um, you know, because y- your whole life really is made up of teams, you know, your family, you know, your friends. And, you know, eventually when when you get out in the real world, you're going to be a part of a team. So it, it's not the easiest thing to to teach and, you know, the easiest thing to to get done. But, you know, when we're trying to um, we're trying to teach these guys that. It's more than, you know, just about them. It's how, how they treat others, how they work with others, you know, putting others before themselves. And, you know, we're lucky enough at, at Carmel where, where that's the case with, you know, not only the athletes, but, but um, you know, the students and the faculty and in general. So they're seeing it up in front um, every day at the school. So that, that, that really helps. But, um, you know, it's it's that's the that's the process. That's the fun part to see these guys grow, you know, into team and see, you know, now in my fourth year, I've had some of these guys since they're, you know, freshmen to see how they've grown and matured and and become, you know, young men. You know, well, well that's 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 kind of what I want to see. You, you, you emphasize a couple times while you're talking there about good people. And building good people and wanting them to become good people and how they're going to be better people when they go into the world. So, so part being part of a team and learning to be part of a team is, is is part of that then, and that would be part of their overall education. And that's what you're saying. So, I guess what I'd like to zero in on today, maybe a little bit, would be what how to service as a team. You do some of that, don't you? Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, w- like I said, I mean, we're we're really trying to stress. You know, putting, trying to put others in, in in front of you know yourself, whether that be you know on the court or you know socially or or like you said, you know as far as service goes. Um, yeah, we try to we try to do of a, a lot of that stuff, and you know, like I said, we're we're more than just you know teaching how to become better basketball players. That's obviously a big part of it, but we we want these guys to to leave us better than they came to us basically well and that's and i and really knowing you well and knowing what you've done so far that's already happening and so what have you done with your players like uh you do some things in the off season uh in terms of service don't you as a team yeah uh we you know we've done several things and you know i go back to last um last february where we took the you know entire program and all the coaches you know 40 40 50 you know people over to um feed my starving children um and that that was a that was a great experience we got a we got a ton of uh of food prepared and you know that's that was going to get shipped out and kids really have a good time and and you know it's for a good cause so you know that positivity that that you know was brought to the team and and you know seeing these guys together and you know kind of you know for a few hours you know heading toward a common goal of of you know what they did is really cool to see and um, so so you went to feed my starving children with the entire basketball program and all the coaches yeah it was um it was over street scenes break so i think we had like a morning practice and then um we all kind of caravaned over there um you know it was blistering cold and and we 
you know, went there. I think we were there for two, two and a half hours or so. And, and um, you know, for those of you who don't know, you're, you're pa- basically packaging food um, for those less fortunate. And it, and it gets sent to various countries. And when you're at a certain table, that's you're in charge kind of of that country. And the energy in there is just, you know, it's just awesome. You ring bells every time you get a box um, packed and you you know you start competing against each other to make it kind of a competition which is great because we're always you know we're always te- teaching these guys how to compete so they have a they have a uh you know a real good time and, and it actually shows you who who are some of your real real uh real good competitors so well, it's actually that's it's kind I- of a it's kind of a coaching it helps in coaching too because you know you know you're seeing something you know see how guys compete for for something like this for when you think about it a cause that's putting others ahead of themselves so so that's cool and having been over there a number of times at the social justice club we go twice a year uh from carmel and and actually we're able to because it's such it's a bigger school-wide club we we sign the whole place out and i think you know that but you know when you're doing all that competing that competitive aspect of uh is a great thing at feed my starving children so zach were you at one of the tables uh, how did you how did you fare there with uh against your your team members well, so I mean, I I was kind of uh, front running, so I was kind of I, I started at a table, and then uh, you know, as as the coach and and one of the you know chaperones, I was kind of just making my way around a little bit, and um, you know, I kind of just hopped on whatever team was was winning, and um, <laughs> if that changed, I I I moved to the next one, and. Um, you know, it's like the the football fan that uh, always likes the team that wins the Super Bowl. I was I was kind of one of uh, one of those guys. So um, my team obviously did win because uh, you know when the one when it was the one minute warning, I kind of just peeked my head up to see who had the most, and uh, you know wanted to make sure my my the guys knew that uh, you know uh, I'm I'm for sure going to win this no matter you know no matter. Uh, no matter our, you know, they what. didn't get to ch- they didn't get to switch tables with the one minute warning though, but the head coach did. Absolutely, that's the way to go. Zach. Absolutely. Uh, where where else have you gone? You, you've taken them to an, another place too, haven't you? Yeah, uh, la- last summer, uh, last summer we went to Beacon Place in um, Waukegan, and I don't know. Do you want to speak a little bit on that? Before? Well, Beacon Place is a nonprofit uh, founded originally by women from St. Pat's and Lake Forest, actually. Uh, responding to the needs of the Joaquin community, and it's undergone a number of changes in the past few years, always, though, based on uh, evolving. It's always evolving to meet the needs to present themselves. And one of their biggest goals is empowering the people in the neighborhoods so they involve themselves in volunteering themselves and fundraising portions, whatever they're doing. So you brought your kids specifically to the summer lunch program. Carmel's really involved in that. You brought your kids specifically to that, uh, and that's designed to meet the needs of the children in the neighborhood who really rely on government food in their schools, and then they're home for the summer, and they don't have that food. And it also provides a safe and fun option for them to play and learn during the summer. Now, you went there, and what happened? Yeah, so so uh, we brought we brought a bunch of guys there. It was mostly um, you know, varsity players, so older guys. And um, it, it was just really fun to watch. It's a little different than um, Feed My Starving Children where, you know, you're working and you're moving and you're doing all this stuff as far as packaging and, and you know, all the stuff with the food. We did a little bit of that um, to start out. But uh, the real cool part was, was just getting to interact with some of these kids. 
and uh, our guys, our guys do just a great job of stuff like that. It's like it's just really fun to watch them, and you know we're you know they're out there in the in the you know fields playing kickball and playing football, and and it was just a blast, and it was just you know it was funny. The kids were loving it, our guys were loving it, um, and you you could see again some of that competitive stuff how we how we you know split the teams and how you know the different age groups of kids. And then you know the the thing we talked about afterwards is um, first I was I was I was very proud of them and I you know I talked to them about that but just you know we get down about you know losing or missing shots or you know whatever you know it may be but you just you know realize how fortunate you know these our kids are at Carmel for for what they have and I think it's important that they know that and I try to I try to show them that as much as possible and I think doing something like this for you know kids and families that maybe are less fortunate really really um, you know showed our guys that up close and personal well great positive energy from Carmel's basketball program to two great places uh, feed my starving children and beacon place I've been to both been there both often and and really love both places so good work there uh, we're gonna have to take a break uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Story Fits with WSFI 88.5 FM. I'm your host, Mike Fitzgibbons, and my guest is Zach Ryan. We're both from Carmel Catholic High School in Mundelein, Illinois. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. And it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at WSFIRadio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hi, this is Antoinette Mensa, Director for the Office for World Mission Ministries with the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. If you're looking to heed the call of Pope Francis and be an intentional missionary, you can consider visiting us at World Mission Ministries. Basically what we do is we provide opportunities to be in relationship with our sister parish in the Dominican Republic, La Sagrada Familia, 
We provide mission education and travel opportunities. We support parish twinning relationships. And we support having a missionary come to your parish through the Missionary Cooperative Plan. We are living our universal mission locally. So just call us at 414-758-2280 and you can learn more information about World Mission Ministries and how we can help you become a global Catholic. Welcome back to the first episode, the inaugural episode, the historically inaugural episode of The Story Fits, exclusively on WSFI 88.5 FM, streamed online at WSFICatholicRadio.org. I'm your host, Mike Fitzgibbons, former head football coach, longtime teacher. I wonder how many, longtime teacher, how many how many semesters is that, Zach? Um, is it, it, 80, if you, you know, this one ends in a few weeks, 80, was it 83? Yeah, 83. 83 semesters. I like it better that way. 42 years. Okay, Campus Ministry, Carmel Catholic High School in Mundelein, Illinois. I'm, my guest today is Zach Ryan, head basketball coach at Carmel Catholic High School in Mundelein, Illinois. We have a bunch of things to talk about today, though, and we, we are going to finish, uh, Zach, the p- part that you do, and then I just want you to comment on some of the things, uh, this segment that I'm going to talk about. First of all, my reason for doing this uh, I'm Catholic, and so the whole world is uh, joining in a participation in, in Christ, so therefore it, it can and does reveal goodness, and, and it does. Even in the worst stories, the most horrific ones, they reveal underneath there's a basic goodness, and you look at some of the people, the first responders, people like that, there's always a good part of the story, even the horrific ones. So silly me, it's my duty to be joyful. And so, Zach, if you don't mind, and I know you don't, I'm going to just start this segment with a little bit from the Gospel of Mark, a couple of verses from chapter 4. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Because without parables, he did not speak to them. But to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. Stories. And that's why it's called a story fits. Stories. The second segment will be a lot about stories. And we're going to start with one story, Zach. There was a need expressed to you by one of your feeder coaches, I do believe, and uh, he said, hey, you know, the eighth grade basketball players in the area could use a retreat. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, you know, we we have, you know, with the high school, the, the different teams, uh, you know, we, we do um, a lock-in every year at the beginning of the season. And um, basically it was, it was kind of conveyed to me by – you know, uh, one of our uh, feeder coaches, Greg uh, Greg Matz, to you know have one for eighth graders that are either coming to or interested in in coming to Carmel. And and the biggest thing, you know, when when you're at a private school like we are, and one of the you know the only one in Lake County, these kids are coming from all over the place, you know, in, w- throughout the county. So a lot of them don't know each other. And, you know, that's something when you talk about team and, and culture that, that we try to, you know, get a head start on when they're in the feeder program and especially as eighth graders when they're only a few months away from high school. So what we did basically is just organized um, and, and Greg should get a lot of credit for this because he was kind of the ringleader. Um, I did, you know, more of the facilitating of it, but um, we got kids that were in the feeder program or you know, maybe not in the feeder program that are 
were interested in Carmel and just to kind of see what it was about. And on a Sunday, we got them together from, uh, I think it was about 9 to, to 3, and um, Fitz, uh, Fitz kind of ran it. And uh, But the coolest thing was we had my, you know some of my varsity players there, and basically, I mean, I, you could probably attest to it, they kind of did everything. Well, that was, yeah, it's a great example of peer leadership and peer ministry. And uh, they even, two of the players gave talks. Uh, they, you know, they facilitated discussion. And uh, it was a great experience for the eighth graders who said it over and over again. And some of them were even brought to tears by some of the stories told by their teammates, other kids, te- other teams' teammates, and and the and the varsity players. And and Zach, you're correct that the varsity players did a great job leading them. And that's just another piece of service that you're fostering. And uh, you know, my my bit is to congratulate you and really all the coaches over there that really work the extra. You know, like right now, I, you know, you got Bob Kuykendall in wrestling and Ben Berg in girls basketball. Just, just to name two right off the top of my head that I know are working the extra uh, to get, like what you're saying, to foster great human beings instead of instead of only just great players. And I and I think uh, the, the girls in the varsity basketball team would speak to that immediately about Ben. They did. Yeah. They well, love they, him. They, they want to do one too. Apparently, if, um, is what some of them have said. They want to do one. Um, you know, next year. So it's. I think it's only going to, I think obviously we're going to, this was kind of the pilot year and, and it was good, but I think next year um, we'll, we can even, you know, um, grow it even more. And then, you know, the nice thing too is, you know, at the end we wrapped up with mass and, um, you know, Father Father Karchi came over and, and did a mass to kind of wrap it up where parents could come and, and the kids were there. And then um, the cool thing afterwards was, Mrs. French, Cammy French, the the better of the two campus ministers, <laughs> came up um, with an idea to to because um, the seminary across the street they actually have a basketball team that they play on and with you know they're in tournaments and and Father Karchi really likes basketball um, had an idea um, to kind of have a scrimmage with their team. Um, the I think they're called the Lakers. That's their team name, the Lakers. So I think we're we're on for that in in January. Um, I just you know I hope like I hope we play like we did Monday, not um, you know not towards the end of the game. Last well, you don't. Yeah, we I hope so. I, mean, I hope so too. Yeah, and we should mention really quickly that Father Karchi is the rector of the seminary, and he is terrific, and he's great to Carmel. He's just wonderful to Carmel. He's there a lot, and he comes and he, does. He mass. did mass yesterday. He did mass yesterday for the entire school. I was going to say that, and he also does mass once a week in the mornings at seven fifteen. He's a great, great, great guy, and he is a big basketball fan. And and so this all came about. Watching this come about was really funny because he came over and did mass, and they gave him one of the the t shirts uh, that was for for the retreat day and and he wanted to take a picture with the players he didn't want to just get the t-shirt he put the t-shirt on over his help and took the picture it's a great photo uh yeah when you scrimmage them you don't want to be you know it's great that we're into the giving uh we don't want to be as giving as we were last night do we i you know yeah i mean uh, 26 26 turnovers was it uh, yeah 20 i probably don't want to talk about that anymore. 26 yeah you know it's 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 okay i mean um you know we'll learn from that but we definitely don't want to be giving away wins um to, to those guys, we got to. That's that's one we got. You don't want to. You that's a win you got to have. Now they're not going to count it at the IHSA, but we do not want to lose games to the seminary team, Zach, across the street. Now they're older, but really, 
we do not want to lose a basketball game to the seminary team. I'm just going to say that publicly. I, that's not a yeah. The, well, I mean, we. How many losses does that count for? Uh, if you're a high school basketball coach and you're supposed to have one of the premier teams in the county, and you lose to the seminary team, I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. You know. They. So, they, they I mean, we we should we have God on our side, but they they uh, they really do. Uh, you're. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we all have God on our side, Zach. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, one of the, the reasons I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, Zach, is that one of the reasons I, I wanted to do this is this whole idea of that our our culture is the way it is. The device is everything. The internet, the news is the news that sells is bad news. It's everywhere, and you you don't have to look hard to find bad news, and it gets reported because that's what people want. It's like uh, we were talking about it in my class the other day. If you're driving by an accident, everybody slows down, not because the police are telling you to slow down because they want to get their eyes out there and see if they can see anything, and that is just I think that's wired into us a little bit. But so is good news, and that's my point, and that's the point of this show is good news. And I was retaught that. I've been taught that many times in my life. My my mother, God bless her soul, was a good news person. And really, she hardwired that into me when I was growing up. But um, I was retaught that by a great friend of mine. I mean, you've, you've met him, Zach, Father Glenn Snow. He's a Carmelite. Yep. And, and Father Glenn, you know, he said, you know, it's not really hard to find the good news. He said, and he, we had a discussion about it. He said, you want me to put you on my mailing list? I, I send out good news every day. I was like, what are you talking about? And he does. He sends out good news every day. And and uh, and some of it's amazing. Some of it I've already heard of, but most of it, no. And he says it's everywhere, and he's right. So I start looking for it myself. And and so, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give a couple of examples, recent examples, that just uh, that, that stood out to me when I was getting ready for this yeah. show. And I told you to start forwarding me those every morning, and they're great because it gets me started. And then... You know, those are actually the emails I get from you that I don't immediately delete. So, um, <laughs> you know, they're 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 great stories. They're awesome to get um, Folks, started started. You know, start your day. There is a there is a four letter term that is used by a lot of our uh, faculty members that 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 purport, that purport to be friends of mine. They just tell me TLDR, and that's when I send an email out, and they just say TLDR fits, and that means. Too long, didn't read. And that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts. Uh, first one, Zach, there's a, a kind-hearted cop policeman in Laurel, Maryland, who's receiving all kinds of plaudits about this story. Um, he gets called to a shoplifting at a store. Giant Grocery, that's in Maryland. Giant, G-I-A-N-T, that's like uh, Jewel. Giant Grocery all over Maryland. He gets called, a woman was stealing diapers. $15 worth of diapers. And he gets called to arrest her. So he shows up and pulls the woman into the office and talks to her a little bit and finds out that the reason she was stealing the diapers is because she couldn't afford any diapers for her two-year-old son. Zero diapers. So he buys a couple of sets of diapers, puts her in the backseat of the police car, and pretends like he's going to arrest her, <laughs> and then drives her home. He didn't arrest her, and he bought her two sets of diapers. So he got her $30 worth of diapers. And then that sneaked out. That wasn't supposed to get out. And to this, no one knows the name of this woman. They do know that his name is Bennett Johns. Officer Bennett Johns did this. And he really could, he was supposed to arrest her. They signed but but he didn't do it. He didn't arrest her. He drove her home and gave her the diapers. Uh, yes, there's a sadness to that. 
a great sadness that there's a lady out there who can't even afford diapers for her kid, but that there's a wonder to it too, isn't there? Yeah, I mean that's the, 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 that's just a great a great story. I mean, like like you mentioned before, like we're, we we are in a society now where where you just hear bad things all the time, and it just dominates. It's like you're just kind of waiting for the next bad thing to happen. When you hear stuff like that, I mean that's just that's just a great story, and and yeah, it is it is sad that we have people in those situations but it's also it's also you know good news um for you know to hear about you know police officers or or you know author authority authoritarian figures to do stuff like that well and certainly they get enough bad press don't they right absolutely you know especially now and and it makes you forget about all the good the good that uh you know these guys do i i always wonder i say to myself i i i don't know how they got out of cars and walked to even they pull somebody over every time they get out of their car, it's dangerous. <laughs> no matter what world you're living in, and right. they're walking up just to, just to ask for a license or registration, or somebody's tail light is out. Uh, this is from Selena, Kansas. A guy in the National Guard. He's about to paint his house. He gets the paint out. He starts to paint. He gets about four brush strokes in, and he gets an emergency call. He, he got deployed, and the deployment was immediate. So. <laughs> The Selena Area Chamber of Commerce finds this out. And so Selena businesses get together and get some paint and some other materials together. They deliver it to his house, but there's nobody there to do paint. His wife and kids can't do the paint. He's got little kids. And so they call a local college, uh, a diesel technology program at the Selena Area Technical College, and say, can you give us some help? And this one professor had 40, 40 people in the class, all 40 of them volunteered, went to their cars, and drove to this guy's house and painted his house in one day while he was being deployed to the Middle East. I just, that story, I just smiled. That had, that had me smiling all day. First of all, the equipment got, empl- got, got uh, donated, and then 40 college kids said, well, we got to go do this. So this is what a student's quote is. Ready? Not a lot of us college students got a lot of money, but we do have a lot of time. So this is the easiest and most thoughtful way to give back. I love that. Not a lot of us. He said a lot of about four different times in that quote. That sounds like a college kid or maybe a couple of the kids in your math class. Doesn't it, Zach? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that that's a really good statement by that kid. I mean, um, you know, like, again, I mean, just the fact that, that that could get done is is amazing, especially for someone that's that's getting deployed and and um, you know being away from his family and you know being away from his house and you know being the man of the house. Getting stuff like that done is 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 huge. That you know a, a group of college students would, would do something like that. It's great, and it, it it truly is. And I'm wondering, you know, and we have no. The story doesn't go on, and I'm glad it doesn't, but you just love to know what he was thinking when he got to where he was going and found out his house got painted. Yeah, right. I mean, the entire house. I, You know, I'd love for somebody to come paint my house. Uh, I got sons, but, you know, the, yeah, they're well, busy. Yeah, they're right. busy. Um, it, mm-hmm. Whoa, I'm hearing music. Um, when we come back in the, th- in the third segment we're going to continue to talk about stories zach we're going to ma- but we're going to slowly make it more local how's that sounds good to me
Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hi, my name is Nancy Martin. I invite you to join me for a free online course entitled to Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, using the St. Louis de Montfort Charism, and sponsored by Holy Apostles Seminary and College. You will learn about the misconceptions of true devotion to Our Lady, and how she will lead you straight to her son Jesus in a short and easy way. We have rolling start dates throughout the year. For more information, email me at nmartin11 at sbcglobal.net. That's nmartin11 at sbcglobal.net. Enter into the spirituality of Pope St. John Paul II and Blessed Mother Teresa, who also consecrated themselves to Mary, by following the same method. God bless you. Hi, this is Sharon Brummer with Catholic Charities, serving people of all faiths in southeast Wisconsin. We provide human services from adoption and pregnancy support to counseling, outreach services for people in crisis situation, in-home support for older adults. Visit us online at ccmke.org for more information and for a site close to you. That's ccmke.org. The first episode, the historic first episode, Zach, because you know why it could be historic? Because it might be the it last might be the episode. Last. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I was thinking yeah. uh, exclusively on WSFI 88.5 FM, streamed online at WSFICatholicRadio.org. I am your host, Mike Fitzgibbons, former head football coach, long-time teacher. And Hold on. I didn't know you were, the, you were the head football coach. I was the head football coach. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, way back when. Way back when, Zach. 20 years ago, I retired. 20 years ago, right now, I re- retired. Uh, high, Carmel High School, Carmel Catholic High School. That's Zach Ryan. I'm speaking to our head basketball coach at Carmel Catholic High School. Um, I want to talk some more about stories. I would like to bring, in this segment, I'd like to bring it a little closer to home. Um I also want to pick one of the movies on the screen. <laughs> Which one do you want to see there, Zach? The Hitman's Bodyguard? I saw that, I think. Uh, maybe my, Atomic my, Blonde? My or? kids would want Despicable Me. Yeah, well, there you go. My kids wouldn't want Despicable Me. I, you're, that tells us our age differences, Zach. Yeah. Uh, but for this third segment, let's get personal a little bit. This segment will be stories that I know about. Stories that I have actually come into contact with people I know. So as we do that, the story, the importance of the story, this is from Matthew 16. The people that sit in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. That's a great reading for the time, the moment, 
the season. It's also a great reading for where we find light, and, and we find light in the story. I think the good stories. I'd like to talk about three people, uh, John, Tom, and Dave. And, Zach, I'll just ask you to comment uh, after I talk about each guy. Can I do that? Yep. Um, yep. Um, so the first guy, the first guy is John. Now, John was born and raised in rural Indiana. Uh, farm, brother, sister, mom, dad, and they didn't have much. And when he was growing up, they did not have much. As a matter of fact, one, near one Christmas, they were actually pretty close to the end, and they couldn't pay the gas bill. And John was a pretty smart dude. He recognized that while he and his dad, because he was oldest, were out cutting firewood so they could sell it on his land, they could sell it to pay the gas bill, and they had gas heat. He saw the irony there, that they were selling firewood so people could go start fires or heat their homes with fire or whatever they were doing with the fire. Uh, and he was paying, he was cutting wood so they could sell and then they could pay the gas bill so they could have heat in their home. Also, when he walked away from the table a number of days in a row, he wasn't having he wasn't getting enough to eat. He was having food, but he never had his fill. And he noticed that. And he noticed uh, his parents talking in the car on the way to church that they only had $10 left before the Christmas service. And he was worried sick like an 11-year-old would be every night. And then when they got into the pew and they listened to uh, Father's sermon about the needy that Christmas, he watched his mother put the $10 (laughs) when they passed the plate around for offertory. She put $10. She gave it away. And he was livid like an 11-year-old would be. How could you give away our last $10? And he went to bed that night so angry. And he remembered it always, and he said to himself, I am never, when I grow up, we are never going to be wanting for food. We are never going to be wanting, and I'm going to make sure as many people as I know will never be wanting like that. I know this guy. I know John. So he grew up. They had better days, so he went to college. He got a great degree. He owns a company. And as he owns a company, he has a wife and some kids. And uh, he got together with some other businessmen. And he had this idea at his parish. And they started right around Thanksgiving. They did this where they had a meeting. And they bought, they bought food. And, had, and they called vendors. And they started packing boxes of food. And then they topped off each box with a turkey. And they put the word out that the Sunday after Thanksgiving, or the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I'm sorry, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, cars would drive up starting at this time after the last Mass for a three-hour period. If you drove up, you got a box of food. That was their idea. And, of course, it worked. They had a steady stream of cars. And he was help, he helped take out the first box because he wanted to do that just kind of a kind of a deal. As it got close to the end of the three-hour period, they were running low on boxes. There were still cars, but they were making it. And then it became clear they were going to do it. And they were all smiling at each other. You know, uh, when you're, what's left at the end? What are we going to have left at the end? 
and the last car was out there, and he took the last box out because he wanted to do that. And it was a mom and three kids. In the back seat was her 14- or 15-year-old son, and all of them, the two kids and the mom were crying, and the son just had his head down. He was clearly embarrassed, so our guy, John, tried to make them all feel welcome. Happy Thanksgiving, blah, 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 blah. Okay, it worked. And it worked again and again and again, and it grew. And now they feel, feed hundreds of families at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, which is neat. About three years ago, he got approached by a young businessman in his late 20s who just sold an app or something, and he made a boatload of cash. And he said, I want to be involved. He's in the parish. I want to be involved. I want to give the money and help. I want to be on the board. I want to do everything. He says, okay, well, we don't need, okay, what the heck? He said, why would I stop that from happening? And this guy's energy was infused. So that year, there, he, he, he annually now, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, our guy John puts, brings the last box out. So he's taking the last box out, and here comes the young guy, and he's walking with him. He said, what are you doing? He goes, can I take the last box out with you? He said, sure. They took the last box out. The family drove away, and he said, why was it so important for you to take the last box out? And he said, you don't remember me, do you? And John said, no, I don't remember you. Who are you? He said, I was in the back seat the first year you did this, in the last car. I promised myself that night that when I got to be older, I was going to be like you. I was going to help feed people. So here I am. <laughs> How's that for a story? And you know what? I know the guy, so it's true. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, just, again, stuff like that that you hear about makes you realize how many how many good people and how many good stories like that there are um, without without focusing on the the negative. And that, and that that's I mean, that's unbelievable. And especially that he was able to hold that secret for as long as he did right like he didn't tell him that till he he brought the last box out so that's what blew john away the most the fact that he didn't bring that up and that wasn't important to him right but he wanted to tell him ultimately because he wanted to let him know not that he is a great guy and that he gave money and he's a young man who's given money he wanted to let him know that you changed my life john you right. made this happen right and that's what makes it a, it's a great story it's circular and and you know it's like uh love is a boomerang you throw it out there and you don't know when it's going to come back or how it's going to come back, but it's coming back. Yep. And it, and it's a great thing. Uh, second story. Tom. Tom was an altar boy. He was such an altar, great altar boy. He was the king of the altar boys. He, he did everything. And so he was an altar boy, and then uh, he got into some things when he was in seventh or eighth grade with his buddies. Maybe he shouldn't have been into a little bit of drinking, whatever. He got into high school. Good athlete. But unfortunately, when he was in early part of high school, he was a victim of sexual abuse. And it wrecked him bad. And it, it sent him into a spiral. Now, he got out of high school okay, but he never made it through college. He had a scholarship, but he didn't make it. Drug abuse. The worst stories you can imagine. And he even lost some years of his life. Like, lost him. This is how what I mean. He woke up one day in an apartment with a couple other guys in a country that's not this one and didn't know the guys or where he was. And he also lost years. That really happened. He still doesn't to this day know where those years are. And he got himself home 
got into a program, started to change his life, and then the key thing, he met and fell in love with a great person. And that person helped him, and the love helped him, and it helped change his life. Now, they got married. He's been clean and sober for over 15 years. He's got two little kids. They're, he's doing great. And now comes the part, well, he was doing a job. He's a, he works in construction. He was doing a job outside a church, a Catholic church. And he hadn't been in a Catholic church since uh, sometime during his freshman year in high school. And he had to go, they had to use the church for the bathroom because they were working outside. So he would go into the church and just keep his head down and go into the bathroom without looking because that was a thing he couldn't do. He couldn't look. And then one day he did. He walked up to the front. He sat in the, sec- sat in the second pew, which I think is kind of funny. He refused to sit in the first pew. He didn't think he, he didn't think he deserved to sit in the first pew. And then he took his head from the floor and looked up at the crucifix. And he said, uh, quote, uh, we got to get to know each other again. <laughs> Which I think is like the greatest story ever. Uh, he's clean. He's happy. He's got a wife and two kids. And he's working on his relationship with his with Jesus, which, uh, which was gone for a long time. Another, uh, another great story. Yeah, I mean, it t- that uh, it takes a lot of courage to, to face that after, after um, you know, that experience. And, and um, you know, to get through his, the, you know, his, his childhood and his, you know, his, you know, addictions and, and things like that, um, you know, just, just shows you the, the power that, 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 you know, you know, God has over us that, that, you know, these type of things can happen. So, um, you know, another, another awesome story. It is. And, and, and it brings me to the last one, a guy I taught, his name is, his name is Dave. Now, of course I've changed all these names, folks, just so you know. Um, Dave was really bright, artistic, unorganized, maybe the worst student in history, uh, besides my son or my brother, Don, um, really all over the place. Uh, it was near the end of the semester, and in his art class, he had advanced art. He had a portfolio due in the morning. He hadn't even started it. It was a, an assignment. It was for the semester, and at 8.30 at night, he was going to start his portfolio, and he realizes the pencils, the colored pencils that you have to use for this project are in at school in his locker, of course, and so he is, uh-oh, jumps in the car, flies off to Target, finds the colored pencils, has only enough money for them, he like less than $10. He sprints to the front of the store. They're going to be closing. And there's the only aisle left open is a mom and her three kids, little three little kids in a basket, and she's buying food, just foodstuffs, basic foodstuffs. And the kids are all over her, taking all the toys they got, like right by the checkout counter because they want you to buy them when you're leaving. And they're, Mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have that? Mommy, can I have this? And it's near the end of the first semester. It's near Christmas. And she goes, maybe at Christmas time, I don't have any money for this. I don't have any money for this. I don't have any money for this. And she's just beside herself. And the lady behind the counter is trying to be patient. And this kid just wants to get home. And finally, he looks at the kid, and the kids are, like, looking at him. He goes, ma'am, ma'am, let me just buy this. Here, here, take these three things. And he gives them to the lady behind the counter. She goes, no, you're not buying my kids. Let me buy this. Please let me do this. Let me do this. Merry Christmas. Let me do this. And the lady goes, thank you. 
As the lady rings up the things, he pays for them. She turns around, and she's in tears, and she hugs him. She says, Merry Christmas to you, young man. You're a good person. And she carts out of the store with the three kids. The kids are all screaming, happy, yay, yay, yay. And so the lady behind the counter rings up the colored pencils, and he's got no money left. He's got zero money. He's like, oops, oh, well, there goes the project. And he starts laughing. He starts to walk out. And the lady behind the counter goes, hey, son. And she reaches into her purse, rings up and pays for it, and goes, now Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> that happened. And he handed in the portfolio. I think it was the first assignment he handed in on time the entire semester. Because I'll tell you, he didn't hand anything to me in on time. And he told me that story in a, in a reflection in my class. And uh, the reflection was three days late, just so you know. <laughs> How yeah, about that story? That, well, it's like a, like a domino effect, right? Like when, when uh, you know, someone does something good and then someone else sees it. Well, now someone else is likely to do something, something you know, good too. So that's just what, you know, you got to see that. You got to see the good stuff happening and, and more good stuff, you know, resonates off that. So I think that was like a perfect example of, of, of good, then good, then good again. Which continues to happen. Folks, you know, that's what I'm hoping happens on this segment. If I do this show again, well, we'll see if Angela invites me back. But goodnewsfitsall.com. Goodnewsfitsall. Now, when you're doing the fits, it's got to be F-I-T-Z because that's my name. Goodnewsfitsall.com. That's my website. On my website is my, you can get my email address off the website. I'd love to hear anybody's good news stories. I'd love to hear any of them because then I'll, I'll sift through them and we'll make this third segment a local piece. And I'll share your stories if you want to hear them. Goodnewsfitsall.com. Plus, tell your friends the podcast for this show with Zach Ryan, Carmel's basketball coach, will be on my website at goodnewsfitsall.com. Thank you very much. It's been fun, right, Zach? It's been great. Thanks uh, for having me on, and thanks for letting me actually talk a little bit. This is great. (laughs) Wait, Zach, what did you say? Too long, didn't listen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving.